Would you like for me to tell you a little joke? Yes? Are you laughing now? Welcome to episode 24 of the Embrace the Suck podcast, the only official licensed, sanctioned, four out of five dentist recommended podcast of APG, bringing you two cents worth of free perspective of the heavy-hitting lifestyle. We have a special guest joining us today I'll be introducing soon, but first, I'm your host today, Rob Stella, coming to you almost live from West Virginia, where zombie cicadas infected with a mind-controlling fungus are sexually luring, infecting other cicadas. So to make this story even weirder, this is done by the males imitating females' mating calls to attract healthy male cicadas, thus facilitating the spread of the fungus that takes over their mind like a hallucinogenic mushroom. So basically, these cicadas are sexual predators if you look at it, spreading a sexually transmitted infection to what becomes an army of zombie cicadas. Add that to your list there, 2020. Um, according to the scientists, the fungus takes over their mind and tricks them into thinking they're acting normal while the fungus spores eat away at their genitalia, their butts, and their abdomens of the cicadas until they eventually fall off, replacing them with fungal spores. So these poor bastards are flying around disintegrating like a burning cigarette butt with their asses falling off, all while sexually deceiving other males into the trap. So the understatement is when the scientists called this a brutal process for insects, which has spent more than a decade underground. So yeah, I'd say you, you wait a decade in the dirt to finally emerge, then then you get a hit of some bad lace shrooms and wake up in a tub of ice in some backwoods motel without an ass. So, yeah, that sounds like 2020 these days. Anyway, today we have a special guest joining us, emphasis on the special. What can I say about this guy that hasn't already been said about the wheel, penicillin, or the iPhone? To the seven people listening, allow me the great honor of introducing a former Navy SEAL, a teammate, my Buds Class 215, partner in crime, host of the Good Vibes podcast, and the world-renowned master of the pan flute. Ladies and gentlemen, the safety dude himself, Mr. Clark Impostata. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, man, Rob. That <laughs> Swallow that, baby. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was trying so hard not to laugh to... <laughs> to... I didn't want to ruin what you were saying, but you were cracking me up. And, and then I forgot what I'm supposed to say, like... How do I introduce myself after all that? You're talking about bugs with burning assholes. And so <laughs> That's happening in West Virginia. <laughs> I'll put that on my list and stay away from West Virginia. It sounds terrible. <laughs> Sexual predator zombie cicadas. So Yeah, I, I was dope. just like, I was riveted. And then I started, you know, trying to not to laugh and choking them out and spit. <laughs> Man, and I wish we made up some of these stories, but the best for you, Clark. You know, you are like a Paul Harvey. I appreciate it. It's... <laughs> oh, shit. So let, tell everybody, man, what have you been up to during this insanity? Well, luckily I've been working. So when this, uh, the craziness popped off, the, uh, the blessed year of 2020, we were all kind of wondering if we're going to keep working just like everybody else, but apparently people need electricity and the people that bring electricity need a safety dude to babysit them and, and make sure that they're safe, even though I know nothing about safety, but I was wondering how you got that job. Like, did they do a background check on you or did you no. have some kind of certification? No, not at all. I, they Obviously. Actually flew, <laughs> yeah, they flew me in for an interview and the owner of the company's a gun nut. 
So we spent an hour or an hour and a half talking about Glock versus SIG. And then I said, listen, sir, I'll give you free shooting lessons for the rest of your life if you hire me. And he said, all right, Mike, hire this guy. <laughs> so, That's a good debate right there. That could be a lengthy yeah. debate. Well, it was actually a topic that I know about as opposed to what do you know about the utilities industry? And I'd have been like, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't plug in my TV. Technical about the actual <laughs> job you're hiring me to do. Yeah, don't. <laughs> I plug in my TV. I plug stuff in. Uh, electricity's cool. Uh, yeah, I like so thank uh, God. electricity. Uh, my family <laughs> likes it. Hey, man, this is perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm your guy. It's like a high school campaign when kids are campaigning to be president, and they're just. <laughs> oh, well. I'll extend the lunch hour by 15 minutes. <laughs> You know? No more homework. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's all I've been doing. Luckily, not much has changed just because I've been able to work. I kind of wanted to get quarantined at first or work from home. Yeah. But I got buddies that are doing that, and they're actually they're miserable. They're driving themselves nuts. So I'm glad that I get to leave the house every day because, obviously, California is one of the stricter places as far as lockdowns and quarantines and all that stuff. So. Yeah, we got to mention this, man. Like, I, I went out to Texas to do a job. APG had a client out there, and I'm so excited because finally call up my boy Imps and get him to work with us. And you're like, no, man, I, I recently moved. So <laughs> yeah. you recently moved from Texas to California. I did it backwards, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, like, did you high-five everyone leaving California on your way in? <laughs> yeah, I was like, where's everyone going? Is the party over? Boy, yeah, I was like, wow, the – Eastbound traffic's real heavy. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I missed it by a decade or two, but hey. <laughs> yeah, bad, better late than never. I'm that dude that shows up for last call. What's up, dudes? Oh, what's up? The lights the are on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did I miss the battle? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was, uh, we got to relocate you to California. And I was like, oh. But then I was like, oh, well, San Diego's cool. Where at in California? Sacramento. And I'm like, I just kind of picture it as like a depressing Seattle type place. Yeah. And it's not as bad. I mean, I, I've never really been in Sacramento other than I work. The site that I'm on is just outside, but it looks kind of dreary and what, but I live outside of it a half hour and it's, it's a cool place. I'm happy where we're at, but Sacramento does look a little bit like I thought it would. <laughs> so yeah. when they said California, I'm thinking, Oh dude, I'm going to go surfing on the weekends and you know, I always have the San Diego memories and right. Sacktown ain't San Diego, man. <laughs> no, man. San Diego is, is definitely a place of its own. It used to be nicer when there was less traffic, and we talked about that in, a, in another podcast. It's, it's changed drastically over the past 20 years, man. It's just yeah. overloaded with people because that good deal everyone wanted a piece of. And all of a sudden, I can't imagine worse traffic. I remember trying to get across the Coronado Bridge in the morning. <laughs> Holy shit. No, man. I remember telling people when I first moved out there in the early 90s, like, how long does it take to get there? 10 minutes. How long does it take to get there? 10 minutes. Like, it seriously would take 10 minutes to get anywhere in the main San Diego area or up to yeah. maybe three hours to get to the mountains or somewhere else. But nowadays, man, it's a crapshoot. So. Yeah. Well, like you said, everybody wants a piece of that good deal. So, yeah. We got a pool going on the next catastrophe for 2020. <laughs> and you seem to have a pretty unique and crazy mind. So what are your predictions? <laughs> And you can't say sexual predator zombie cicadas because those have already been done. Damn. Yeah. That was a good one. You know, I got to be honest, before I, I 
get to my answer. I'm a little disappointed that the murder hornet didn't really become more than it was. I saw, you know, all the crazy shit in 2020. And then these little news articles started popping up about the murder hornet. Really, it's like the Japanese hornet, but they got to freak us out. And so the news called it the murder hornet, like it's going to murder you. And I was like, wow, I was looking at these dudes and how they attack bees. And I was like, man, 2020 is crazy. Murder hornets, what's next? And then they... There's like two of them in Washington State, and that was it. It kind of fizzled out, so I was a little bummed. But I think I know what happened, bro. What happened? They came in here, found out about these sexual predators, zombie <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? Never mind. And they just rolled. <clears throat> they were like, oh, oh wrong neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got your own issues. We're out of here. Yeah, so we're going to find another country. This is crazy. Oh, man. You know, I hope some alien stuff happens, man. I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan, and uh, he got high on mushrooms and talked to Post Malone, and a lot of it had to do with aliens, and it was very interesting. I I didn't even really know who Post Malone was because I'm not, like, 20, and uh, they got me all curious about alien stuff and talking about, like, that Navy fighter pilot that saw that weird craft and the video of it, and so I'm like, man, maybe that's what's next in 2020. Yeah, I can hope, man. Why not? Why not? (laughs) Let's do it. We'll get him on the podcast, dude. Imagine that. (laughs) It's the first thing we're going to do. Fantastic. (laughs) So for everyone that's listening, all all six of you, we lost one. Uh, Clark and I went through SEAL training together, and we actually graduated with the largest class in Bud's history. And I got to be honest with you, it wasn't because the instructor staff felt sorry for us and was being easy on us. In fact, they got a little crazy on us because we had so many people after Hell Week that second phase started to panic because they didn't have enough dive rigs for our class. And we didn't know this because we're students at the time, but we started taking some beatings and obviously it was always canvassed. This is your fault. You guys did this wrong. But what they were trying to do is thin the herd. You remember that, Clark? Oh, absolutely. I remember that very clearly that the beatings just never stopped. You hear all these rumors. Hey, after Hell Week, they lighten up a little bit. And, you know, you're doing your hydro phase and it's it's a little more academic, not as physical, whatever. All these rumors that spin around. Right. And I'm, I'm like, well, when does it lighten up? Like the hammer's getting bigger and <laughs> they're hitting us more with it, man. So I, I think with us, we just bonded as a class. And we I don't did. know if it was the combination of officers, retreads, the, whatever it was, we were just a tight class. And I think the reason why you were my favorite dude is you were funny as shit. I tried to be funny. Like we had a very, we knew how to keep our spirits up. You know what I mean? And yeah. that really helps that bond. And, and the more we bonded, the more the instructors hammered us. And then the more we bonded, like we just got forged through these beatings. And at some point I think they were just like, fuck, these guys figured out the secret, man. I don't know. I, that's, that's absolutely it, man. Today we're talking about the power of humor and how little levity goes a long way. So you know, everyone that knows about SEAL training, if you ask them about it, it's famous for being the world's toughest training in the military. But the reality is just because it's supposed to suck doesn't mean it has to. And our class truly figured that out. It, and it comes back to a choice. We can choose to be like, oh, this sucks, this is horrible. Or we can just dive headfirst into it and have a great time with it. And I think that's what the majority of our class did do. And, and you were one of the key members Talking about me being funny, I looked at you as being one of the most hilarious guys in the class. We had a lot of them. Yeah. But uh, it, it was, we fed off each other. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of positive energy and a lot of that humor and 
And I think the more they hammered us, the, the funnier we thought it was. And, and then they even kind of got sucked into our little world of, uh, and then uh, obviously maybe I'm getting ahead of it a little bit, but the skit shows, we blew them out of the water. Yeah. The skit show. We they, I mean, it was just like Pearl Harbor just happened. I mean, these guys were like, Oh, the, the instructors, not only the class, because obviously the class was in on it. They knew what we were kind of going to do. And we all talked about it. But when you and I just crushed that first skit show, I'm convinced that one of the reasons why we made it through is they wanted to see that skit show in each phase and each skit show they got did. more gnarly, man. It did. It just kept growing. <laughs> to a life of it was just a stupid idea we had and we went in a different direction than most students get so so people understand at the end of every phase in buds buds is basic underwater demolition seal training so it's your basic seal training boot camp for people when they're trying to become a seal and at the end of every phase which there's three phases the students get to perform skits for the instructor staff and this is the moment where you get to kind of make fun of some of the stupid things instructors say and, and if they have something quirky about them it comes up to the surface and everybody laughs. We have a good time. And then we move into second phase and start as nobody's again and you know, start the cycle back <laughs> up again. And, and typically you just make fun of the instructors, but we ended up grabbing a skit that we saw on In Living Color where we were going to be the guys on Men on Books or Men on Football. And we did Men on Buds. And <laughs> we were uh, the two flamboyant guys talking about Buds. And it got more and more ridiculous every phase. <laughs> oh, yeah. We ran with it for sure. And the instructors loved it. I think each skit show we did there was more and more like they would shut down the compound and pile in the classroom to see it <laughs> yeah we had every phase showing yeah. up there watching this and then we started having special guests on our show that were you know like he even was in our class and that dude had an amazing skill to be able to imitate anybody and somehow he remembered every single thing instructors would say during our beatings and just make it hilarious, man. Oh, so yeah, and a good Schwarzenegger him. impression, too. He could do Arnold real well, which oh, everybody dude, liked. Dude, that's that. Now, yeah, just to give you an idea of how this heben was, there was a time <laughs> when we were done with first phase. The new first phase class had moved into the first phase barracks, and on a weekend, heben got a hold of a Bud's Instructor t-shirt. Now, this dude was jacked. He was like a... A, a lifter before he went to bud so he was always here's the deal man i do a lot of public speaking uh apg goes out talks to a lot of people they hear navy seals are coming and it, it, it's pretty unremarkable when i come walking on the say here comes the navy seal rob Stellan. oh that, that's the navy seal huh i'm not what you would expect a navy seal to look like he been on the other hand poster child they're picturing he been this big muscled you know, totally cut up, still in his 40s with a six-pack, come rolling out there. So when he put on an instructor shirt, man, he looked the part, and he puts on that little eight-point hat, and he goes into the barracks on the weekend and starts beating, <laughs> as a student, the new students for first phase. Like, you want to talk about the balls on this guy. And the best part was some dude that was a rollback that knows him. is like, hey, even what are you doing? <laughs> and, and the thing that blows my mind is not a single person in that class turned Heben into the instructor staff. Yeah, that's like awesome. Today, dudes would tell on you in a second, you'd be kicked out of training because that right there would have gotten them kicked out of training. But uh, that's how stupid we were, man. That's what our class was like. Yeah, it was fun. We had uh, Popsicle Padro. Remember him? I remember oh, yeah. feeling sorry for myself Tuesday night of Hell Week. I got caught sleeping during mid rats and it was raining out. And they had me stand under the big air conditioning unit by one of the doors. 
And I look out at the rain and I'm like, fuck, man, this sucks. I don't know if I can do it. And then everyone starts piling out to where the boats are. So I just kind of snap out of it. I, I follow in suit. And as we come around the corner, <laughs> Pancho's in the boat. And he, I, he, me, you might remember what he was saying, but it was something like he was in the boat sitting there because he's kind of a little guy. Yeah. And he had a little paddle and he said, something, something, I'm the Haitian sensation. You know, and he was just paddling this a little airboat sitting in the IBS, just air paddling, yelling something about being the Haitian sensation. So Padro, Heben, me, you, Brewer, all these guys were just, we just had a bunch of, it was like a, what are those comedy specials they do where they all get together? Eddie Murphy, Robin Williams, like everyone does the. Comic relief type thing. Yeah, that's what it was. But our buds class was just that group of dudes that even the instructors I think secretly started to fall in love with us because we were just a, a class of clowns, you know? Yeah, I mean, we had fun. I was a BUDS instructor for a while, and nothing annoyed me more. I was a third phase uh, chief, so I wanted to see these guys step out of their shell and just show me what they had, and they were so reserved and so serious all the time. It was frustrating, and I think our class, man, we, we kind of exposed ourselves early in the first phase where you want to kind of stay gray man hidden, but we had a bunch of goofballs, but that it yep. fueled each other. It's, it's that it's kind of like that self talk thing that people do to try to motivate somebody up. Us just acting like that snapped people out of the suck. And it and does drive us through. I well, actually got caught you. sleeping one time too, bro. I'll get to that. What you say? <laughs> well, no, I was going to say it keeps you from feeling sorry for yourself. We also sang a lot of songs. We were big on, as we were getting surf tortured, we sang songs when we ran we sang songs. Remember the time we were getting surf tortured down by Hotel Dell and we took our pants off under the water. And when they said on your feet, we were butt naked. And there was like tourists watching by the rocks. And they were like, the instructors were like, oh, get, get, get out of this to put here. You know, we freaked them out because here we are kind of fighting back, but with humor and nudity and things like that. So, well, that was the turning point where I think instructors realized, all right, we can't break these guys. Yes, Mark, exactly. Uh, my, my business partner, Mark, and I talk about this all the time. They, they were trying everything to break us and to get more guys to quit. And this is after Hell Week. Mm -hmm. So they just started beating us randomly again and threw us in the surf there. And not only did we pull our shorts off, but when they started yelling at us, we raised them above our head and started screaming at the instructors. And they <laughs> yeah. just turned around and kind of walked away. And we're all looking at each other like, did, did we just win? Yeah, <laughs> like, we did. We the tides now? turned, yeah. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> That's yeah. what it's all about, man. It is. Yeah, it's powerful stuff for sure. It's just that, that, that PMA, that positive mental attitude, but we did it through humor. It wasn't just pep talks or, you know, I think groups of guys figure out their own formula. But for us, it was humor. I mean, you were always looking around to see what somebody was doing or – just a silly face or a comment or we just always had the energy through. And that's what got me through the days, especially the tougher times, you know? Yeah. It's a small little things, man. Performance follows focus. And mm -hmm. if you focus on the negative, then you're going to create the negative. And I think we focus, like even when we're going to do something in the surf, no seal, especially after hell week wants to get wet. I mean, we do the, we hate getting wet because that's mm -hmm. just, they, they just surf tortured us for 125 hours straight, basically. <laughs> but they'd have us going to hit the surf or something, and we just hit ourselves, oh, I hope at least it's cold, you know? And that was the mentality <laughs> we would start saying to ourselves, and we'd take the sting away before it happened. Absolutely. Yeah, that's super valuable. 
Yeah, man. Before I started in class 215, I actually got rolled from class 213 in Hell Week for pneumonia, which was horrific because when I started first phase with you guys, my, my original class was starting third phase. It's like, oh, uh, goodness, all over again. Yeah. But one of the coolest things we did in 213, uh, ROIC talked to us the night before, and we all voted on doing it. Early morning PTs right out at the beach. Dude, it's, it's chilly. The surf's crashing. It's quiet. And the instructors show up. You can barely see anything because it's so dark. But it's frigid. And the last thing you want to do is go get wet. And when you have a morning PT on the beach, you know that's the first place you're probably mm -hmm. going. And you stress it. And this time, we're going to take that sting away. So we decided as a class, hey, the instructor staff shows up. We're going to hoo-yah them. Then we're going to turn around and go hit the surf ourselves and come uh. Nice. And dude, we did that. You remember Chief Cairns? Hell yeah, yeah. So we come back, we line back up. They don't know what to say. Chief Cairns just looked at us like, you guys ever think maybe we wanted you dry today so you can do the rope climb? You know, like that's all they can come up with. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember all those other dry rope climbs we did in the past. Where we just yeah, right. dry. <laughs> yeah, I think there was one day I stayed dry the entire day, and it was like two days before graduation. That was it. <laughs> Every other day, like, yeah, there's no dry days. Dude, there, there were none. So <laughs> the sooner you can accept that, the better off you'll be. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But go going back to that story where I fell asleep during Hell Week. It was on uh, Wednesday, I think. We're down at, at Ocean Beach, all the way down at those weird little like camp areas. Oh yeah, it's it's in the middle of the night right there, and we're getting our mid rats. And I started eating my mid rats, and I just passed out right there. And the next thing I feel <laughs> is an instructor kicking my shoes, waking me up. And I look up, and without a thought, dude. Now this is this is when you're clinically insane in wednesday is when your mind is finally you know completely out there and who knows i don't know where i just look up and like well, i wasn't sleeping i was praying <laughs> i feel real bad because i'm a christian <laughs> so I, I i've made my peace with god since this one but i don't remember what he said then he walks over to uh another instructor who i actually knew from the church i used to go to calvary chapel and, and he said something to him, and the guy said something back, and then he ignored me and walked away. So I think he goes, this idiot over here said he was praying. He's like, well, I see him at church every Sunday. So oh. I'm like, oh, my God, that worked. Like, for sure I was going to get beat for about six hours. I'm like, oh, yeah. I would not believe that, dude. I was awake pretty tight for a while after that. So. Yeah, one close encounter like that, all of a sudden you're awake. At least for another few hours before you get drained. That was a tough battle for me was asleep, especially Thursday, the around the world, when you just paddle all night around the island and you just We like, didn't get to paddle. Oh. If you recall, we had El Nino and we had hurricane yep. level waves. So since we couldn't make it through the surf, the training staff made us run 14 miles around the island till we were on the bay side to put in there. That oh, was miserable. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that because we had a Hurricane Hell Week. We did. Ah, yeah, I forgot. We did have to run forever with them boats. Yeah, I'll never forget that one. That, that was misery at its best. And then we oh. were over by the uh, aircraft carriers over at North Island. They let us put in. And that still felt like it took 14 hours, man. Dude. Oh, yeah. It was all night. Ugh. Oh, yeah. And you didn't know if you're hallucinating or not, but this Boston Whaler comes popping up with some <laughs> bud students that were ahead of us and 
women in the boat throwing us Gatorade bottles with Snicker bars attached <laughs> to it and pizzas and like they're sneaking in and sneaking out without the instructor yeah. seeing us. And I remember we're in a race, but my boat crew just straight up turned around like, nah, the hell with this race. We're going back getting the Gatorade bottles that were floating around <laughs> with Snicker bars. I'm like, yeah, it's how we, you're going to get beat anyway. We might as well get some Snickers bars, you know? Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I love Snicker bars to this day because of Helly. <laughs> and pizza, the pizza and Gatorade. Oh, my God, Domino's pizza. <clears throat> you know, yep. like, you know, Domino's pizza is disgusting. No, I love it. it I love Domino's. Disgusting. my favorite. It's my go-to. I had it as my cheat meal, what, two weeks ago? Just scarfed the whole pizza. It was great. Are you trying to brag that you're on a diet? Yeah. Do you want to brag that you're on? That's how you know someone's on a diet. They always want to tell you. Oh, what a, or at work the other day, I, kinda, I went around the little where we all eat, and I'm like, hey, well, what do you got for lunch? What are you eating? And finally, like, the third dude in goes, are you on a fucking diet, man? Why are you sniffing around my food? I'm like, actually, I am. That's why I'm also curious and be like, Hey, are you finished with those, bro? You, you with them French fries? You want them? <laughs> I can't just live vicariously next to you while you eat that. I need to, I need to partake, bro. Let me sample. Let me sample. Just two. All right, maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me that. What do these taste like? <laughs> yeah. Is that a sloppy Joe? Ah, it tastes good. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah, bro. So, you know, I, I got into psychology after retiring, I was doing a little bit. I got my a master's in sport and performance psychology. Then when I retired from the Navy, I went and got this PhD in organizational leadership. It's interesting because you start finding out a lot of the stuff we did back then that made us so successful are actual things that they try to teach people these days. And man, we were just lucky enough to have goofballs like you that, that just brought it all out of us because it turns out humor is so powerful. People always talk about this emotional regulation and whatnot. It's actually one of the best tools for reversing the stress reaction we have. Mm. It, it lowers your heart rate and, and it lowers your blood pressure. And, and there's a lot of people that get angry with us sometimes in serious situations. They're like, why don't you be a little more serious? Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is actually acting like this is not only healthy, but it's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I think it makes you more efficient because you're not stressed the hell out as to whatever's going on around you. If you can throttle back a little bit and, and then put other people at ease, I think there's a domino effect or a ripple effect. Yeah. You know, when, when you're doing your thing, I think other people, it calms them down or it, it kind of snaps them out of other things. So yeah, the value of, of humor, I'm sure there's medical benefits, but also just in high stress jobs, where, you know, whatever it may be, I think that it helps. Maybe not in the heat of some situations, but definitely before, definitely after. I know going into some red zones, you know, we were talking all kinds of funny shit and this and that. And then you cross a certain line, you dial it in, you do what you got to do. And then as soon as you get on the way out, you just start cracking up. And it's kind of that defragging, de-stressing type mechanism. So I think it it's is. very helpful. And it's the shortest pipeline in the memory banks, they say. You know, it, it improves the recall. And, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be culture-driven because I've learned that. You know, even with my kids, I can't use the dark humor that I've adopted from being a team guy because <laughs> our humor doesn't translate to everybody. Military people in general have a different sense of humor. But that's because of the military culture. The levity we use allows us to work in these high-risk environments mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people not in our line of work that are still in high-risk jobs 
that I, I don't think really use this as much as they should, you know? Absolutely. rules, you don't make jokes at others' expenses. However, comma, <laughs> in our type of job, it's almost a necessity because not only are you having a good time, but you're testing that individual's reaction under stress. How do they respond to this? We want to know that this dude has our back. And if he can't take this little bantering, yeah, dude, how's he going to have our back down range? We have zero control. You know what I mean? Very true. So it, Very it's true, huge yeah. in building trust, you know, to an extent. I mean, there's a time when it just gets negative. But, you know, the bantering that happens in in platoons, man, it's it's it goes back to that saying, hey, if they're not making fun of you, that means they don't like you. Yeah, and I think it's the intent, too. You know, are they are they belittling you or are they just kind of poking at you? Or, you know, we find a little thread and we pull on it a little bit to mess with our brothers. But it, like you said, it's a bonding thing. It's a little bit of a test. If if somebody throwing a, a playful insult your way just shatters your world, well, why would I go overseas with this dude? I mean, right. you know, it, it's holy shit. You know, I think a lot of it's the intent and then the delivery of it. You can tell. Is someone just being a, a jerk or are they just kind of – and maybe when people like would hear us joke, if we were like at Charles Schwab joking around, they might not <laughs> quite get it the way that we're delivering it because they're maybe a little more delicate in the in the corporate world, the cubicle world. But yeah. for our world, it's really a way that we bond, keep each other's spirits up, and and let each other know, like you just said, that we care about each other. If someone's not talking trash to you, you should be worried. You know what I mean? If you're in a platoon and people just don't acknowledge you then you're in a, in a position that's not good if they're giving you crap or making fun of you or something you wore they just can't stop talking about the stupid shirt you're wearing or you know what whatever it is that's that's how you know you're vibing with them you're in that the inner circle and there is a huge trust factor that if you're not a part of that inner circle you should be worried especially in in critical type jobs that we did or other people might do even pro athletes or whatever high stress business jobs there's got to be some type of it's almost a vetting process in a way too you know like you said do we trust this guy does he have our back give him a little yeah. shit how he reacts you know yeah in a team environment man it creates open and honest uh culture you know this work environment that is based on this trust that yeah we're laughing together and, and i can accept this from you and i'm not going to get been out of shape we have this trust mm -hmm. built up we're just having a good time and, and trying to make this a little less serious than it is because when it gets too serious oh now, yeah. it's like it's like thinking about what you don't want to do rather than what you want to do mm -hmm. it goes back to that performance follows focus you know and that's that's why a lot of people have a hard time struggling with this and it goes back to that culture thing my sense of humor in the teams will not work with some of the organizations I've worked with, you have to tone it down. But one of the things that surprised me is the very first corporate organization I worked with that we went to the retreat, we, we got uh, these corporate personnel that are in their 60s and they are very um, successful businessmen. And right before bed, one guy checked in earlier, they're having some drinks before we started that next early morning. And it was like being in a frat house. Like this guy's got like grandchildren. He goes in there and these <laughs> other dudes that have grandchildren are like leaning up their beer bottles and pool sticks and everything against this guy's door. So in the morning when he opens it, everything falls into his room. I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not an idiot. These are regular people yeah, that we're dealing with yeah. here. And there's just like, this, you know, yeah. 
That's good to see. That's a healthy mindset, I think. And also, you want to see if people can dish it back. Yeah. Especially if there's a new guy in your group. Not just it being sort of a vetting process, which it, it might be or really is. It's can they dish a little back? You know, are these guys just pushovers? Because if they can't handle a little bit of uh, tomfoolery and then serve it back to you, I mean, what what can they handle? Are they going to really stress out under different – so humor really serves a lot of different purposes. You know, it does. It's bonding. It's vetting. It's testing, you know, how does someone handle it? Will they give it back a little bit? It's it's. I think it's a very – Maybe subconsciously it's a utilized tool, but I think it needs to be used more consciously. And it, it is a gift. Not everyone's funny. I got a buddy oh. in Denver that tries to be funny, and he has to tell you that he just was trying to be funny because it's, <laughs> you know what I mean, one of those guys, and you're like, bro. Those guys are entertaining in a whole other way, though. You almost want to egg him on. It's oh, like, yeah. It's like Dwight. <laughs> and it's like, egg him on. He'll do something awesome. You won't mean it to be funny, but it's going to be awesome. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's its own humor within that. I got a buddy that's a ranger buddy who is just one of the angriest, most serious guys, but I think he's funny as shit. And he gets mad at me for laughing at him. And he's always like, what the? What are you laughing at? I'm like, you're so angry. It's funny. Like, I just think that you try not to be funny is funny in and of itself, even though he doesn't have a funny bone in his body. It's great. <laughs> it is awesome, man. And we learned... Even in buds, you know, Mark always talked about the time we were getting surfed, tortured, and they're yelling at us, don't don't talk, everybody be quiet, because, you, you know, you're saying how we like to sing, and that's how you get everybody motivated. Well, the instructor mm -hmm. staff would keep everyone silent, so you didn't get to sing. You just hear the surf crashing over our heads, and, and it's just quiet as hell, and all of a sudden, somebody goes, hey, who farted? You know, <laughs> yes. Stupid like that. Because you've got about 15 dudes who are like, Oh my God, dude, this is freezing cold. I can't take another second of this. How long is this going to last? Because I used to say that to Rob. I used to find Rob Byford. He was always a bigger dude, kind of built like Flintstone, amazing yeah. in the water. But he had some girth to him, and I wanted to be next to him. And Billy Rogers, who was like Chewbacca, man, he's like the hairiest. We used to call him <laughs> Chewbacca. He was hairy and thicker. And I like to be between those guys that kept me warmer. And I'd be like, Rob, hey, Rob, how long do you think we're going to be in here? And he's like, I don't know, man. But I knew he didn't know. I just wanted him to say five minutes because then that's all it was, was five minutes. It could have been two hours. But you get in your own head when somebody says something like that. Yeah. snaps you out of that little poor me state, right? It does. I, I couldn't imagine going through buds at the age I'm at right now. Oh, how I was in our 20s. Went oh. day, to day to day doing this. That's the hardest part of buds as far I as I'm concerned <laughs> is getting out of your bed in the morning. Dude, you know what I do in the morning when I come out of the shower and there's like three feet till I get to my towel every morning and I just like shiver and I'm like, every morning, how did I get through buds? Like, I can't even get out of the shower, get three feet to my towel. I'm, yeah, I'm like, what? there's no way. Imagine if they had like a, like a, a buds day for us, you know, seal vets. And for 24 hours or 12 hours, you could, none of us could do it. I we, probably we would disappoint, bro. <laughs> it would just end up like we would just camp on the beach in tents and start a fire and you know <laughs> that looks horrible dude i i pitied bud students when i was an instructor i'm like god i can't believe they're oh wait i did this you know yeah you have, yeah you that moment we're like oh my god i did this wait yeah i'm feeling bad for these dudes I'm like i did this <laughs> yeah but yeah. i remember every day after we're done training man you're exhausted you're almost feeling like Ugh. you know you just want to get that relaxation going on hit that hot shower you've been fantasizing oh, yeah. all day and one noise came <laughs> down the hallway pressure oh yeah brewer <laughs> oh my god that was the funniest 
thing I think ever creepy, but hilarious at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Every night he would be in that big shower. It was like in <laughs> high school football where you had this big shared shower when you're in first phase. And he'd be in there imitating the dude from Silence of the Lands, yelling oh, fresh, yeah. rubbing his chest. And we're just like, oh, I don't oh, want to shower God. with Brewer in there right now. But this dude was <laughs> so hilarious. And it just added that little bit of your day. Like, all right, tomorrow's not going to be so bad. This is hilarious. We just ended on a high note. That was funny. Yeah. And he whipped that out. He whipped Precious out during the first phase skit show. Remember that? He was like oh. hiding in the podium or something. So here's the best part of that. I don't know if you know about that. We had a public affairs officer for the center. And one of the buds instructors thought it'd be a good idea to bring her to skits. Now, granted, most skits up until this point were just us making fun of instructors. Yeah, like Boy Scout stuff. Yeah. But they're known to get a little racy sometimes. So they bring her in in the back corner closest to the door. And they're like, all right, if it starts to get racy, we're going to have to uh, kick you out of the classroom. And they recorded these. Uh, there's there's these a VHS kids. tape of this somewhere, yeah. Well, let me get to that. <laughs> they do record them on VHS back in the day. <laughs> and the instructor staff sits down and they're like, all right, 2.15, start your skits. And, the, <laughs> and I don't know when he set up, but the podium's up there all by itself. And all of a sudden, magically out from behind it, comes naked brewer yelling precious and doing that skit and dude it was like watching the uh, presidential secret service group <laughs> grab the president and and like they got around that public affairs officer and got her out of that class <laughs> so fast they destroyed the tape um our proctor works for me now uh, Rich Clifford, and I've even asked him just recently, I'm like, dude, did you guys seriously destroy that tape? No. Oh, so there is no copy of our very first skit. Oh, lucky it wasn't the digital age, man. We would still have a copy. We would, man, <laughs> but that just opened up the skits and it went downhill from there, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a great visual of the Secret Service. I'm sure they snatched her like quick. I was like, I think that was Act One, like opening thing was. Just... It was. That's what's been so funny. <laughs> it might get racy. We'll have to ask you to leave. All right, start the skit. Precious, get her. We're done. Thanks for playing. See you later. <laughs> Craziest thing is Master Chief Goward, who is one of the most squared away Master Chiefs I've ever met in my life. Like I said, we're typically imitating an instructor at these skits. And Master Chief Goward's face was a look of panic and confusion. And he's looking around trying to figure out which one of his instructor staff was doing this during training and watching the other instructors laughing their asses off to try and tell him, no, no, it's from a movie, Silence of the Lambs. It's not one of us. You know, it's like everything yeah, was chaos, man. Where did he learn that from? Yeah, It was chaos from the beginning. And then uh. <laughs> our proctor, so people understand, a proctor is an instructor in BUDS who's signed to your class. And he's the link between the instructor staff and your class. So when information needs to get put out, your proctor comes. And he's basically the one that'll take care of you, but he's also going to be the first one uh, when you make him look bad to make you pay. And we had uh, instructor Clifford. Mm -hmm. and this guy was from Alabama, always had a dip in. All we knew is he basically went from Bud straight to Dev Group. Like, he was a badass, and, mm -hmm. and he played the part, man. Uh, the very first workout with him, oh, man. he started us off with 1,000 flutter kicks, and we thought maybe we're going to 100. They're like, oh. Kept going. 100, 100 <laughs> uh-oh. Maybe we're going to 500. Once we hit 500, and oh, we, insane, we knew, yeah. we're in trouble. And that's, that's what they do. Like, Welcome to first phase. And he looked like Richard Gere. 
that's the thing. No one would tell him he looked like Richard Gere. He's a spitting image of Richard Gere. But he was scary as hell, always looked serious and mean, and he's sitting there, and you got to bring attention to your proctor during your skits. So you and I are up there doing our little men on bud skit where we were Blaine Edwards and Antoine Merriweather. And I actually had to cut my UDT shorts so that I can fit my butt crack in there. So it was like, it was like having uh, Daisy Dukes on. It was hilarious. And in the middle of our skits, the first time it was ever said in front of Instructor Clifford, we look over at him and we both yell, oh, it's Richard Gere. Then we scream <laughs> yeah. and I ran over to him and I jumped in his lap with those little skimpy shorts on. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I thought I was going to get choked out. <laughs> this is going to be hilarious. I might get choked out. This is worth it. And we kind of <laughs> just, we didn't plan anything. We kind of just added no, it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and I remember talking to him afterward. We had a first phase party afterward. And I'm like, hey, so... uh what were you thinking when I jumped in your lap? He's like, and he's got his dip. He's like, I'll tell you what, man, I, I didn't know what to think. I was so embarrassed. I, 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 I couldn't even move. <laughs> Thank God, man. Yeah. He, he didn't see that one coming for sure. No, man. But thank God he was paralyzed with uh, fright yeah. and confusion. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It, Rich ended up actually being my, uh, my first LPO, man. My first platoon. I was like, God. Yeah, him and Otis. Him, Otis was my chief and Rich was my LPO. Two first phase buds instructors. I was like terrified. Like, would, does this ever stop? But of course, they're totally different and cool. And Cliff especially was way different in platoon life than he was uh, as an instructor. Because I was terrified of him as well. Same thing. Oh, he's a dev group guy. He's a Jedi. And he could PT and just real serious. And it was hard to understand what he said between the Southern draw and the chew. Yeah. He, he didn't say a lot anyway. He was just kind of, he would throw bullet points at you and then it would be like, what did he say? <laughs> you know, you have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Let me get my, my cliff to English uh, translator <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Is there an app for that? We didn't have apps back yeah. then. Yeah. Okay, what, Bobby? What are you going to do here? Security, good job. What? Somebody had counting security and it was a good job, I think he said. <laughs> All right, yeah. good. All right, let's roll. He didn't look mad. I think we're good. <laughs> man. Yeah, he uh, he's a great dude. He works for us right now for APG, and it's awesome seeing him again. But I think that's what's unique about the SEAL community is dudes that we were just in awe of and in fear of that were our instructors are all of a sudden teammates working mm -hmm. side by side with you, which is why they treat trainees the way they do, man. They're, they're, the, they're the gatekeepers. And they know they're going to be working with you one day. So they're going to make sure that they hold that standard, right? Absolutely. You know what I love, too, about SEAL training and the SEAL community? In BUDS, they tell you pretty much everything that's going to happen. And one of the things, like we're talking about, they say, we're hard on you for a reason. Because when you idiots graduate, we might end up in a platoon with you guys. And so you start to realize, even in BUDS, this is why they're treating us that way. Because who knows, their tour might be up. And now, just like me, two of my buds instructors are in my platoon. So they're very, they put a lot of cards on the table, which I always appreciated. You always know the standards, yeah. the times, what's expected of you. And that's yeah. the thing about buds instructors. As tough as they were, they led the charge on being hilarious. Like, they were some of the funniest. They would beat you, and some of the stuff they would say was so hilarious. Oh, and That's yeah. where I think skits were the best is because you'd bring that out. Like Our, our saying, because they beat us so much because they were trying to thin our numbers, was by the time we got to second and third phase, our new quote was, everybody hates us. 
because some <laughs> instructors there beating us like, I don't like you. Your proctor doesn't like you. There isn't a chief at this base that likes you. The commanding officer hates you. You know what? There's some army general somewhere that hates you too. So after that guy gave us that spiel, we started making jokes on that. And it was just like, everybody hates us. And we started making t-shirts. We had a t-shirt made of it. Yeah. I wish they could film our expressions of how we looked. It definitely wasn't good. No, no. That dude don't have a funny bone. No, man. I remember he was so intense all the time. We did that oh, stupid yeah. hydro test. And we got done with the hydro test and we went out and we're doing a PT and he gets straight up in my face with his little, you know, blonde hair. And he's like, how do you yeah. think you did? He's like Hulk Hogan, the way he talked. He's like, he is, how yeah, do you yeah. think you did on that test? And I'm like, oh <laughs> crap, man. I'm like, oh, fuck, I, and I go, I think I aced it. He goes, why do you think that? I'm like, <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're trying not to be cocky. But like, I'm like, cause I studied for it. And I'm just like, like a dorky answer. Like, all right. So he walks off I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell was that, man? It was like, yeah, he was that's creepy. how he approached everything. He was just like yeah. all in your face. Like, oh, yeah. You know, he was scary. He was he one of the scary dudes. Awesome Jehovah's Witness. You sat your door like, hey, have you accepted the Lord? You know, like, oh my God, I do now. <laughs> I want to see him selling vacuums door to door. Oh, God. Yeah, it would be funny to take some of these characters and just randomly place them in different jobs and then just film it. Have like a reality show, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what skits pretty much turned into. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, God. I love it. <laughs> All right, brother. Let's take a moment here. Is there anything you got going on where people can find you on social media or learn more about everything you're involved in? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Instagram's my main uh, thing. I don't have like Facebook or Twitter or any of that other stuff. I waste enough time on that. So on Instagram, it's at frogman2155. And then uh, I got a podcast, which I would love for you to be on at some point. It's the Good Vibes podcast with Clark Campostato and Ryan G. I was doing it solo for a while, but now I have a co-host and we got a little YouTube thing going. So any of your listeners want to, it's all goofy stuff, obviously, by the title. It's uh very similar to what we just talked about, actually. You know, I always look at you as like a complete buffoon, but man, I tell you what, your your skills on Instagram are are <laughs> impressive because it takes me 20 minutes to load a simple story <laughs> with a GIF and maybe tagging somebody, and you've got like a thousand every morning, and they're all hilarious. <laughs> you got like 85,000 followers; they're all hilarious. Most of the people that pump out a lot of funny memes are stealing them from uh, Frogman2155. So I don't know how you do it, man. I thought maybe you hired like a 15-year-old kid that does your, your <laughs> no. stories for you, but the, the humor's too dark for a teenager. Yeah. No, I just harness my inner Polly Shore, dude. Let it rip, you know? You sound like him. I'm glad you said it, not me. You do sound like him most of the time. Oh, man. All right. And as always, if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, or you've got an idea for a topic, you can reach us at info at apg.team. Uh, that's all we have for you today. If you'd like to see what we're up to at APG, check out our website at www.apg.team. And if you like what we're putting out, do feel free to subscribe to this channel so you get the latest in a timely fashion. And share these ideas with your friends because the world needs hitters. So as the sun sets slowly in the east, 
we'll leave you with the wise words of Hugh Sidney, who said, a sense of humor is needed armor. Joy in one's heart and some laughter in one's lips is a sign that a person down deep has a pretty good grasp of life. I am smart, capable, and most importantly, I'm free in all the ways that you are not. <laughs>